1: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Yankees Magazine podcast, our first episode of 2023. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor of Yankees Magazine. Joining me from here at Yankee Stadium, we have our editor-in-chief, Al Sanasiri. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. Hey, John. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, We we were discussing a little bit before we recorded. uh, All of us had a very, very happy and exciting New Year, but uh, we we certainly hope that you all did too. And uh, it kind of is now a little bit that time when we get to start thinking about, well, you know, how many days until spring training and how far away is opening day and the NFL playoffs start next week, which means that, you know, that's always kind of a marker when you start thinking
2: about baseball is really close, isn't it? So that feels pretty good, right? Absolutely. This is a always an exciting time of year, particularly in the publications department, things get rocking and rolling. Stories I always feel go from, ideas to interviews to <laughs> actually putting them in you know in, into word documents from that, very theoretical to very real yeah, really, dead, yeah. deadlines start yeah. coming up again <laughs> something we we look forward to when we're when we're you know getting the stories in maybe not exactly uh, on january 4th as much but it's still a really exciting time of year
0: yeah absolutely you know i've come to understand like the the groove of the whole 12-month calendar year here in the publications department. And a lot of times what that entails is, uh, you know, sitting down in December and talking about uh, some of the stories that we want to work on over the off season, some of the big moves and, and ideas that we want to present in the first issue of the year. And, uh, and then Christmas break comes and we kind of just think about them for a little while. But then that first day back in the office uh, in early January, it's like, full steam ahead. Like I can't, you know, get words onto paper fast enough. And uh, (laughs) there's just not enough hours in the day. So you you start feeling that way, but you you know, chip away at it a little bit each day. And uh, like you said, we got, you know, baseball's on the horizon and it's thoughts of spring training permeating my mind.
1: So no exaggeration here. and I'll spare some of the details, but I'm working on a Q and a that I did the interview for on, I believe the date was November 15th. I did the Q and a out in Las Vegas on November 15th. And yesterday, as we're recording we record this on Wednesday, yesterday, Tuesday is our first day working of 2023. Yesterday, I transcribed the whole thing. And today, I turned it into a QA and a and sent it around for editing. And in my head, it's just like, that was a job well done. I got a lot of work done. It was, you know, it was busy, but it's done. I'm happy with it. And also, it's just like, that could have been done on November 17th. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You> well, <know? laughs> not to say we weren't doing anything. Obviously, we had a pinstripe bowl last week, which was great. Minnesota... Great game against Syracuse, and we had to do that program. We certainly have a lot of housekeeping things that we do right when the season ends. It's just – and some vacation, certainly. It's just funny to me that it was just like, okay, 2023, yeah, I'll, I'll write this story that has d- one interview, and it's been done since
2: November 15th. <laughs> Motivation <laughs> increases real quick. Cu- real quick. <laughs> real quick and, and in a big way after that new year. I, I know the feeling. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, I mean, that, that's
1: actually part of what this Q&A was about because – A lot of the players, honestly, are going through the same thing. You know, it's not like January 1st is that line of demarcation, but there is kind of that ramp up that gets a little bigger as you get closer. And those players are seeing it, too. If you follow Giancarlo Stanton on Instagram, the last week we've been getting a lot of uh, workout videos that he's been putting up. And, I mean, not to Uh, say... Another annual tradition. uh, Sure. But not to say he hasn't been doing it all winter or whatever, but it's just, you know, the players are kind of in that mode, too, of, like, it's getting closer, getting closer, like, need to hit this check mark on my annual uh you know tally of what i'm trying to do and it makes you feel like when you start seeing the baseball players doing work more so even than seeing the baseball players sit in press conferences at yankee stadium which we were talking about in our last episode you know getting in the work in some guys are already in tampa we know Uh, more guys over the next six weeks are going to be showing up and then boom six weeks from now spring training
2: absolutely
0: Yeah. And you get the feeling that the roster's not totally done being reshaped either, too. So I'm also eager to see how how things shake out between now and the start of spring training. And then obviously, once we get down there to Tampa, uh, there's going to be some interesting battles going on. You know, there's a I would say probably a a battle for the, you know, fifth spot in the starting rotation is going to be up for grabs. And, uh, you know, maybe some infield positions, left field, you know, there's there's things that are going to there's going to be some competitions to be had, which I think always makes for a, a more exciting spring training.
1: I think it's more than more exciting, to be honest. I think it makes for a better team in, in, in some ways. I think it's great when you have – look, Aaron Boone is very happy, I'm sure, to be slotting in Aaron Judge for the next nine years or whatever in, in, in right field. I think he's very happy about that. But I think there's some benefit maybe to not knowing exactly who every one of your nine players is going in because two things. First off, you know you want competition. You want to see these guys working against each other. Obviously, you know, they're teammates, but you want to see them trying to one-up each other in some ways. But also, if there's one thing that, God, we've learned as Yankees fans and Yankees uh, editors, Yankees employees, and every baseball fan knows this, (laughs) I've certainly said it enough times in this podcast, it takes more than 26. And better to have those fights going in spring training and get both of those guys ready or all three of those guys or all four of those guys ready to play, whether it's shortstop or left field or third base or whatever it is, better to have so many guys competing for one job that you don't know what to do with them all than finding, okay, you know, we have our nine guys and, you
2: know, roll the, (laughs) let's cross our fingers that nothing happens. I'll say this, you know, John, you and I were joking earlier today about how crazy I am because I like writing so many bios for our yearbook, which is true. I am crazy. But um, one thing I think about as I'm writing them each year is exactly what you were just talking about. If you looked at where we were at this time last year, or maybe even at this time, you know, in, in March, the beginning of March, after we had acquire Josh Donaldson and kind of, had, that was the piece where things were a little bit more set in stone at that point. We knew who, you know, who our third baseman was going to be and, you know, some, some pieces that kind of shifted out, some had shifted in, but it was a little more set. But if you looked at that lineup um, or even who you would have projected at that point to be not, not even just the starting nine, but you know, the starting nine plus the starting rotation plus, you know, the just, let's say top five Um, relief pitchers and then you look back at the bios just the ones I've written to this point this year which is more than that number say it's 30 or something like that um, you can see how many guys outside of that box of people (laughs) made huge impacts last year like not insignificant but guys who were almost as impactful as that projected starting lineup and you know what you could do that exercise every year and every year it would be the same. It's a huge group of people who contribute. Yeah, and and there's always
0: some surprises along the way too, you know. I remember sitting here around this time last year talking about how uh, intrigued I was to see Kyle Higashioka take over as the everyday starting catcher and It ended up being, you know, he was in a platoon role again because of the emergence of Jose Trevino. So you have guys that come out of nowhere and and surprise some people. And that's always really exciting to me, too. You know, I think one of my personal sort of issues with like analytics is that analytics are so based on what guys have done in the past to that point. But it's impossible to know you know, or, or fairly difficult to know what guys are capable of sometimes, you know, I mean, I don't think any analytics people had, you know, Jose Trevino becoming an all star and winning a platinum glove this past season. But, you know, that happens, especially in our sport. You know, some guys just take a while to, to blossom, or maybe they have a, a career year uh, when you're least expecting it. Um, so that's, you know, another exciting aspect of, of. Yankees baseball that I'm looking forward to this year I wonder if I could push back
1: there a little bit I actually think you're making the argument for analytics in some ways (laughs) I think that uh to your point maybe you're right that Jose Trevino's bat wasn't necessarily expected to be what it ended up being but I think the point is that the Yankees front office saw a guy who if given more playing time could hit enough for his defense to really support the team so he turns into the platinum glover I think maybe they did expect that, and I think that his bat over the course of the season, you know, his bat wasn't the same all-star bat it was in the first half if you look at it on the entire season. But I I, I feel that's – because I'm actually looking at this stuff right now from almost the opposite way because I don't think of analytics necessarily as what you have done. I think of analytics as what maybe you could do in the right situation, and that's why – I think that they would call Jose Trevino a very analytical uh, move to bring him in here and give him that opportunity. And, and I, I think it's fun. And I think that's one of the cool things about baseball in the offseason, that we can view something like that from the exact opposite side and and possibly both be right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, there's
0: no real other way to quantitate a player's performance than on statistics. And obviously, all the statistics that are there are based on what you've done in the past. So I guess, you know, some people may be astute at taking those numbers and maybe projecting out which way a guy is going to go, but I don't know, I just feel like every day is a new day, you know, and, he, and and every year is a new year and some guys careers go upwards, some guys go downwards and I'm just more of the type of guy who wants to watch and see what happens than than dig into these, you know, deep analytical dives and stuff so like that. So in other
2: that. words, we're not going to get an email from HR saying that there's a transfer of Nathan Makaborski to um, baseball operations. So Brian Cashman hasn't called me yet to to, to steal look, you from publications. I mean, jo- yeah. all joking aside, though, look at who
1: came into the organization this week. <laughs> you know, the Yankees have a big press conference to announce Brian Sabian coming back, you know, 30 years after being, you know, here last, the general manager of the Giants for so long. Mm-hmm. Brian Sabian, a scout scout, really. I mean, and, yeah. and now he's becoming a major advisor to Brian Cashman. I think that that goes to the the both sides of this you know, sport that the Yankees are trying to dominate. They they want to have the best analytics department and they want to have the best scouting department. And I think that listening to Sabian on the press conference earlier this week, it seems like he's really excited about that opportunity as well. Brian Sabian
0: is absolutely the the type of analytic mind that the baseball operations department should be adding not not somebody like myself so Fair i think enough. they made it a enough. smart move yeah. we'll wait a little bit for well, your don't, like
2: conference. i say yeah brian didn't actually call me to, to steal you from publication so we're we're good
0: i I, I, w- I wouldn't expect a call like that to be coming out but obviously <laughs> look
1: i mean it, it is this time of year we, we, we can have these very theoretical conversations as we are right now about what this means and how how you find this and what you're looking for But Al, you kind of alluded to this right before we started as well. It's just a – it's a really good time to look at, you know, the sheets of paper in front of us kind of as, like, what our ideas are and and think to ourselves, like, not just what are we going to do and what do we have to do. Like, one of us is going to write a story about Carlos Rodon. That's very exciting. Yankees fans should be very excited to read that. That's obvious. This is also a fun time to to think what's less obvious but that we're interested in. What intrigued us in the past year that we get to write about, that we get to have access to – and, and one of the best parts about that, before I can kick off the conversation, is we don't even know what the answer is to that. I mean, if I think of one of my favorite stories from the past year, I can promise you, last January 4th, I wasn't thinking about how much fun I was going to have writing about Matt Carpenter, Yankees hero. I mean, we don't know. Uh, you, you know, you didn't expect to go to Los Angeles for the All-Star Game to see Nestor Cortez and Jose Trevino uh, put on a little show there. Yeah, and
2: even more importantly than that, I you know, I didn't think that... Because I was there, you know, Giancarlo Stanton was gonna, you know, give me the the greatest, you know, hometown story you could ever give, hitting a ball into the bleachers into the seats that he once sat in. <laughs> yeah, it it's it's amazing. Um, you know, we all have I, I, I say kind of like targets at this point in the year guys on this roster on this team who we've kind of fallen in love with watching and being around and we want to, you know, do something outside of the clubhouse with them. Um, I certainly won't give away my entire list because I've only secured one so far, (laughs) but the one that I did, um, the one player I have spent some time with was Harrison Bader, who from the beginning, whether it was the way he plays center field, the way he just seems to care about the game, Uh, His Statue of Liberty colored glove, uh, whatever it may be, kind of somebody I was just drawn to as soon as you start playing. And I did get some time with him last week. I won't talk more about that now because we'll preview it uh, before the story comes out next year. But things like that, days like that, so exciting, so much fun. I I I wish I could have five of those. What year? 2023. Did I say 2022? That's this year, sir. (laughs) Not next year, this year. Yeah, this year. This year. Sorry.
0: You know, I I think about the, the story I wrote about Oswaldo Cabrera at the end of last year. I just had so much fun watching him play, first of all, but then getting to speak to him a little bit and write a story about him. You know, that's one of those guys who you know there was a name that's on our radar for certain going into last year but you don't know if or when he's going to get called up and you know if he's going to succeed once he gets here but uh he did fantastic and was a you know starter in the playoffs so you know i'm sure there'll be other stories like that other players who burst onto the scene this year that hopefully we'll get an opportunity to write about in depth in Yankees magazine i'm really enjoying myself i've spent the last couple of days uh working on a story about Uh, not a new guy but a returning face in anthony rizzo um you know there's just so many so many reasons why he's such a good fit here in new york and it's just i don't know i keep finding myself like smiling as i'm you know jotting down notes and and going over quotes and and doing a little research um you know it was like I guess exactly 10 years ago, you know, also with the the world baseball classic happening again this year, that's kind of been on my mind. And, uh, 10 years ago, he was part of that Italy team that kind of uh, surprised a lot of people. And he was a big part of that. And, uh, you know, he's a guy, he just, he, he's such an incredible ball player, but he's really, uh, so much more than that. And like I said, he's just a, a great fit here in New York. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to share that story with our readers here pretty soon.
2: It's fun when you're doing research and you, you find something that, A, you didn't know, but B, is just so astounding. And, you know, I don't know how I chronicled Aaron Judge as much as I did in September writing our cover story for the October issue on his 62 home runs, and I'm updating that story for the yearbook. But literally, in, in putting that story together, and obviously the, the story was about offensive production, not defensive production, but... In, in writing his bio for the the yearbook i realized something that i didn't even i didn't even pay attention to or maybe didn't even know or didn't even realize i don't know how while i was putting the the cover story together that he didn't make a single error in the outfield in 2022 i got the year right correct 2022 <laughs> uh, but didn't make a single error and i just thought that was such an amazing stat like talk about smiling when you read something you're you're doing research and you find something like so. In addition to hitting 62 home runs, he didn't make an error. Like I can't remember the last time that happened. In doing the the research for the Harrison Bader story, Harrison Bader hit four home runs in the postseason. Third Yankee center fielder to do that in his first postseason, and the other two were, you know, Mickey Mantle and Bernie Williams. Like. And the great part about that research is that when I asked him the question about that, of course, he didn't even know that. And was like, talk about smiling when they found something out. I was like, oh, my God, that's that's incredible. Um, yeah, that's, that's
0: pretty good company.
2: Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, Mantle.
0: <laughs> I always say, man, that,
1: that's the difference. And and other fans of teams don't have to like this. They might find it obnoxious. And and this is just fact. That's the part of playing for the Yankees that's different. When your name gets compared to someone when you play for the Yankees, it, it, this is no disrespect. But it... It's not some random guy who is a maybe a local hero somewhere or you know whatever, but mm-hmm. maybe not exactly a Hall of Famer. When you're when you have a, your name on a rare list and you're playing for the Yankees, there's a good chance that list is like Joe DiMaggio and yeah. Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle yeah. and things like yeah. that. It's just
2: different in that regard. I, I love it. I think it's incredible. It's it's
1: really neat. And, and I, so it's funny to me, Nate. You know, you mentioned Anthony Rizzo in that regard. The guy I was talking to in Vegas was Austin Wells, Yankees prospect. And one thing we were talking about in November, he was really excited the team had re-signed, like I think either that day or the day before, something something really recent when we were talking, Anthony Rizzo, but he was also, you know, talking in ways that you know very speculative. I wondered if it was gonna get in there just about how he was trying to model himself after, you know, what he had seen from Aaron Judge and from Anthony Rizzo and things like that. And I'm as I said, I'm I'm going through this stuff yesterday and it's a great quote, it's a great piece in there. I was really happy. I'm not actually now that I'm saying, it, I, I I might have cut it from the final version just because I had to get it down from like 5, 2,500 words. Thank you. But what's funny, for me, the the rare time I do that. But what was funny for me is just reading John's that and thinking about well. how different the Yankees' world is in this alternate universe in which Aaron Judge isn't on it, and that doesn't just you know come for fans watching the sport, and it doesn't just come from editors of a magazine about the Yankees trying to write about the sport. You know, it's a a guy who. So far, is maxed out at double A, but there's high hopes for, and, and he too is using that as kind of his guidepost to what baseball is and what baseball fandom is, in a sense, and what baseball fandom looks like when you are knocking on the door, and you know it, it's different. And it, it, I'm sure his relationship with Aaron Judge, in terms of what he means to him, is different from maybe with you and me, but it, it you know it, it's, it's unique and it's interesting and it's fun. You know, that's a good point about Judge
0: that uh, we didn't really talk about in our last episode is just the, uh, the the ripple effect that it'll have on the rest of our young players and, and minor leaguers, having that type of ball player to look up to. I mean, it's been well documented from Aaron's teammates, you know, how well he leads, you know, by example and everything else. Um, so, yeah, guys like Austin Wells and, and these, you know, prospects who are knocking on the door, there's really no better player to model yourself after than a guy like Aaron Judge. So, just one, uh, one other reason to be thrilled that he's back here for the next nine years
1: and this is all just a taste i mean this again we could we could sit here and talk like this forever this is kind of what we do in some ways in the month of december in the month of november now as we've said it's a little more real now we have deadlines now we're working on this stuff but you know the the this is just kind of a glimpse at the conversations that we try to have when we try to figure out what we're going to write about and what's important to us and what's interesting to us and it's honestly look You know, is it super fun to have access to almost any Yankee game you want to during the course of the season and to develop some relationships with some of these players so you can write stories about them and all this stuff? Is it exciting? Is it interesting? Is it unique? Sure. But one of the most fun parts about our job, I think, is this part where it's just, you know, brainstorming and throwing out ideas about what intrigues us about baseball, what interests us about baseball. And I'll say, look, I mean, if if you want, like, my New Year's, like, wish or whatever you want to say, it's just another year of doing more of this, of just getting to talk baseball. And we're lucky right now. We don't have to talk about replacing our right fielder. We don't have to talk about a lockout and all the ways of when the season's going to start, if it's going to start, you know, not to in any way say that it's over or anything like that. But the COVID restrictions on baseball don't really exist anymore, so we don't have to talk about that so much in a competitive sense anymore. We just get to kind of approach the season and these next six weeks and then the six weeks after that, just talking about baseball. And, and, and that's a pretty exciting place to be in for the first time in a while.
2: Absolutely. It, it revs up from this point on. And, and last year and the year before, you kind of have that <laughs> period, which we always had in previous years where you start at, you know, a, a certain level of excitement, like on this day. And like I said, it, you rev up straight through spring training and you feel like you can't even be more excited about it Then you get to opening day and you you're you're at that zenith almost in the last two years it was almost like the car wasn't starting <laughs> you know it was there you could start it was depressing. but it wasn't starting yeah it was and just it was just a bummer yeah, all the time
0: yeah. yeah it's great to have a, a normal off season and look forward to a normal starting time for opening day and not have to worry about you know the schedule getting pushed around and things like that and uh it's great to not have to worry about you know, seeing Aaron judge and the visitors dugout this year
1: on opening day, no less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I gotta say, this is, this is a metaphor that maybe doesn't work so well uh, to those of you who are listening to this, but right behind Nate's head right now is a TV screen that is showing an overhead view from behind home plate at the stadium. And as we speak, they are currently tearing up the football field, which so pleasantly hosted Minnesota and Syracuse last week. They're tearing it up and, and the diamond is back visible and everything like that. and, you know, if they were trying to give us a metaphor for this episode of turning the page, uh, they couldn't have done it much better. They're literally right now, as I'm looking at this, they're tearing up the logo at the 50-yard line. And you're looking at uh, the blooming, if you will, or the the recreation of a baseball field. So I think they're feeling it, too. I think that uh, everyone's in the spirit.
2: And you guys wonder why I leave the TV on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but guys, that, that's a, I think that's a good place to leave over here. I don't think we broke too much news on this episode necessarily, but it is fun, like I said, to you know get to start the year by talking some baseball and thinking about all the stuff we're going to be doing for the next 12 months so i know i enjoyed doing with you guys and i look forward to you know two weeks from now when we have a little bit more uh deadlines kind of weighing down on us but we're also getting a little bit more excitement as we get into it absolutely looking forward to it thanks for listening and uh thanks for reading for sure to all of you like nate said thank you so much for listening to another episode of the yankees magazine podcast if you're not already subscribed this is just an ideal time i can't think of anything else that you're doing right now other than possibly subscribing to the yankees magazine podcast please also make sure you rate and review us like us go to yankees.com slash podcast or the podcast app of your choice and subscribe there tell your friends they want to know of course we also want to hear from you please email us at podcast at yankees.com all of our long form content which we are hard at work on right now getting ready will be available on yankees.com slash magazine so make sure you check it out there but also By all means, subscribe to the magazine or purchase back issues at yankees.com slash publications. And, of course, we ask that you please, 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 please follow us on social media. Go ahead to at Yanks Magazine on Twitter or Yankees Magazine on Facebook. It's a great place to keep up with everything we're doing and to get all the latest news. That's it for this time. Speak to you later and
2: go Yanks. Hey, this is Giancarlo Stan. If you like what you're hearing, why don't you rate and review us? And while you're at it, tell your friends to subscribe. Thanks so much and go Yankees.